Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. There's an old saying, or at least there was when I was a kid, that you can't fight City Hall, but sometimes in Pennsylvania, it seems you can't get into City Hall. Uh, there has been a dispute in McKeesport over access to city council meetings that has landed in Allegheny Common Police Court, and it comes as Pennsylvania is getting ready to mark Sunshine Week, which is talking about our sunshine being the best disinfectant. The Sunshine Act and the Sunshine Law refers to the open records laws and open meetings laws in the state of Pennsylvania, which you may be surprised to know are amongst the weakest in the country. Our guest this morning is going to talk about that. She is Paula Knudsen-Burke, and she is with the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. Good morning, Paula. Good morning, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you uh, for for taking some time to talk with us. I, I, am I overstating it when I say that the the open meetings laws, the open records laws in Pennsylvania, are are fairly weak, especially compared to what the public may encounter in the southern United States or in the western United States? For people who move into Pennsylvania, particularly journalists or other people who have had experience with open records laws in other states. They come to Pennsylvania and they're confused because they are surprised by how much of an atmosphere of secrecy we have in the state, despite years of amendments to the laws and changes pushing for more transparency. We still have a long way to go. For for instance, sometimes the public is surprised that police reports are not public record. Accident reports can be withheld. Autopsy reports are not public record. I'm I'm correct about all those, correct? Well, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. I mean, our state public records law is called the right to know law, and it was amended back in 2008. So people refer to it still as the quote-unquote new right to know law. And there are some of the things in those categories that you mentioned that are available. For instance, um, coroner's records are public records in Pennsylvania, and there's an interesting intersection between the Coroner's Act and the Right to Know Law, um, and some case law that's developed around that area. And there are types of police reports that are available, but really what we've seen is still, even though the presumption is in favor of the citizen in requesting documents, that's the change that came into law back in 2008, the government, whether you're talking about a police station, a county commissioner, a township, a borough, we still see too much resistance to the idea that records are presumed to be public. And, and that's a presumption that flipped in 2008. Prior to that time, citizens and journalists had to prove why the records should be turned over. Now, there's this presumption. So, you know, we should be having less of a conversation about these records, but as I said, there's still a long way to go, particularly on documents that are more controversial. 
Uh, Paula Knutzen-Burke is local legal initiative attorney with the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. You can find out more about them, rcfp.org. Next week is Sunshine Week. Is that just in Pennsylvania or is that nationwide, Paula? Sunshine Week is a national celebration. If you go to sunshineweek.org, you can find out more about it. And it's really kind of a time for people across the country to stop and think about why access um, to government information is important, whether that's information about Congress and its um, lawmaking process, spending, or if it's down to the local level, what your school district is doing. Uh, These are taxpayer dollars where a government buy-in of the people, and Sunshine Week is a great time to kind of step back and think about why government transparency matters. And there's a host of events that will take place all across the country. Uh, We actually have one in Pennsylvania that will um, be a free event on March 16th. You can find out more information at the Reporters Committee website. But you'll find um, colleges and newspaper groups and, um, you know, all kinds of folks, librarians who are kind of celebrating. And let's face it, in March, we all need a a dose of sunshine. (laughs) And isn't that the truth? Paula Knudsen-Bark is with us for the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. You've kind of set up the, the next thing I was going to ask you. As journalists or as people in the media, obviously we're going to say, well, these records should be open. These records should be available to everyone. But you also mentioned the resistance that government officials feel. Are, are they trying to hide something, Paula? Or is is it just this idea that knowledge is power? And if they control the knowledge, they have the power. What's going on here? What's the dynamic? That's a good question, and I think it depends. I mean, we know, especially at the local government level, that the people who fulfill right-to-know requests are overburdened. They have a lot of work on their plates, and sometimes it can feel like just another um, thing on their list that's just too long to begin with when a citizen comes in and says, I need information about the superintendent's salary. Right. Um, but the bottom line is our state legislature um, has made it very clear that this information should be public, and it doesn't matter whether the person is a citizen, um, a researcher, a journalist, um, you know, your nosy neighbor down the street. We all are entitled to know what our government is doing, how they're spending money, what policies they're making. And um, so in some instances, you know, it may be that the, the person in charge of the records is overworked. And in other instances, I, I think you're right. There are some things that government officials want to hide. Um, and there are obviously numerous instances um, in this state of incidents of wrongdoing that have been uncovered by uh, journalist coverage and others using, you know, great to know laws, FOIA laws, and and other methods. So Sunshine Week is important for us to remember why transparency matters. Each municipality, school district, township, borough, whatever, is supposed to have someone designated as their right-to-know officer. But some of the communities uh, in Pennsylvania are very small. Of course, we've got boroughs in Allegheny County, for instance, that are only a few hundred people. And I'm sure this can seem like a a burdensome mandate, like an unfunded mandate. I want to see all of your police expenditures for the last seven years, for instance. And you take some borough secretary or township secretary who has, like you said, a million other things ahead of that. And it does seem like a burden. So, so I think, you know, what you're getting at is, you know, it, it is at the very local level, this, um, you know, amount of information that can seem daunting to the local official. But 
it, it is something that the state law says that must be provided. And in fact, the Office of Open Records website, which is openrecords.pa.gov, they actually have um, a listing of the people for all different levels of government in Pennsylvania to find out who is your agency open records officer. Mm -hmm. So if you want to put in a request um, in the Keysport and you're not sure what to do, you can go to that website to the space where it says find open records officer search, and mm -hmm. you can type in by county, you can type in um, the name of the entity you're looking for. And as a reminder, you know, in Pennsylvania, Many types of records that we might not even think of are subject to the right to know law, including things like authorities, water and sewer authorities. That's, that's um, you know, a public entity. So whether it's a school district, township, borough, authority, uh, FIA, PennDOT, uh, the state treasury, the lieutenant governor's office, these are all public entities that you can use the right to know law to request information. Paula Knutzenberg is with us from the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. You can find out more about them at rcfp.org. This upcoming week is Sunshine Week all across the nation. Um, participating in this included the uh, Pennsylvania News Media Association and the American Society of News Editors. And we're talking in particular about the situation that arose in the city of McKeesport uh, very recently where the city was sued by the ACLU for closing its public meetings. But we're also talking more generally about what records are subject to not just journalists' right to know, but the public's right to know. Are there privacy concerns as well? And, and how do local governments balance privacy concerns? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, there are laws apart from the right to know law that provide us with a host of information about the doings of government, including, like you said, real estate purchases, zoning, um, things like that. So, it is a surprise to some people. Uh, it's also a surprise to know that a lot of um, election information is available. Yeah. So if I'm going to run for office, I have to put down my home address, and people get to know what that is to ensure that I really do live where I want to run for office. So there are different laws in Pennsylvania that cover what information is available, what information isn't available. In the Right to Know law that we've been talking about, there are certain categories of information that are off-limits, and that, those would include things like uh, people's social security numbers or bank information. Sure. So it is a balancing act, and our courts in Pennsylvania have looked at privacy interests, and they've said, you know, we, we have to be careful in balancing this. But again, on the whole, if it's a, a government record, a state government record, we want to be as um, broad as we can with providing access. So on occasion, you'll see some things redacted. Um, and that's okay. And redacted means, you know, kind of scribbling it out with a marker or using an electronic tool to obscure the, mm -hmm. the writing underneath. So let's take our break here. And when we come back, let's let's talk about this, okay. the open meetings law. And let's talk about how, okay. co how COVID-19 has impacted that, because that is the issue that's at play uh, in the McKeesport case. Paula Knudsen-Burke is our guest this morning, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be right back 
in 30 seconds. Support for this broadcast comes from Strifler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Strifler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Strifler's.com or call 412-678-6191. It's Sunshine Week is coming up. This upcoming week is Sunshine Week all across the United States, and it is celebrating the importance of open government and the dangers of excessive secrecy in government. Uh, This Sunshine Week happens as we have a sort of a big news story that's happening right here uh, in McKeesport where we tape the show where the city of McKeesport is being sued over open access to its city council meetings. Now the city's position, if you haven't heard, is that their city council chambers are too small, that they can only accommodate about 50 people and that due to COVID-19 they need to restrict access uh, to the public. Uh, Four city residents are suing saying that if the city cannot provide in-person access then they need to provide some sort of virtual access either through streaming or video conference saying some other way that people can have a two-way dialogue, conversation with their elected officials, and also see what's going on with their elected officials. Paula, uh, we are now a year into this pandemic. As the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, have you heard a lot of stories of access to local meetings and local government being restricted in the name of COVID-19? Not recently. So this this, um, issue from the Keysport surprised me. I mean, early on in the pandemic, there were a number of access issues all across the state. And that was kind of understandable that, um, especially, again, like we were talking about with smaller uh, local agencies dealing with uh, right-to-know requests, here is this entirely new um, technological situation where they're trying to figure out um, what to do and how to hold meetings. So, you know, at that time, the Office of the Open Records put out guidance. The Pennsylvania District Attorneys Association put out guidance. And and eventually, I think most um, municipalities figured out a way to do it. I had heard of one um, municipality that had an issue with space, and they ended up holding it in the fire hall uh-huh. because they were able to do it in the bay and have more space, have the doors open. And um, so people have really gotten creative, but the answer surely can't be uh, to to restrict the public and just say, "Sorry, we don't have space." There are there are other ways of thinking through this, um, whether it's through Zoom technology, YouTube, audio call-in. What we have seen um, continuing would be court access issues, and just this week, um, a judge in Allegheny County um, was sued for refusing to provide access for people to observe those hearings. So that's been a continuing challenge um, in ensuring that the courthouse stays open. But really, I think for most of the municipal governments, they've figured out their own unique way to move forward. So, you know, just because there's a pandemic uh, doesn't mean that we uh, stop the public from participating in um, meetings, particularly when there's an important issue on the table. Pennsylvania Sunshine Act requires public comment. And that's an important part of our democracy is allowing citizens to have their voice in policy decisions, whether it's being made at a township or borough level or at the U.S. Congress. So hopefully uh, whatever is, is going on here can be sorted out because 
Pennsylvania Sunshine Act is actually a fairly simple law. I mean, it's, it, it tells government agencies that the public must be included, um, and it has very narrow instances where the um, public can be excluded for executive sessions. What, what are so, those executive sessions? Because that's something that often comes up, especially um, with our organization. We often have rookie reporters or, or young reporters who are just starting out, and I will get a call or a text message from someone and says, hey, I'm at such and such township or I'm at such and such borough, and they've just said it's an executive session and I'm not allowed into the meeting. What are the exclusions for so-called executive sessions? So for an executive session, the agency must either announce directly before or after, let's say at the end of the meeting, they had an executive session, and they have to say why. One of the common ones you'll hear is related to employment. Okay. Um, and that's, that one is um, often kind of misused because you'll have, let's say, a school district who says, we're going into executive session to talk about employment. But they're actually going in to talk about uh, a bus company and whether or not they should employ a certain bus company for busing of students. Okay. That's a policy decision. That doesn't deal with particular individualized um, employees, which is really what that is getting at. Another one is uh, that they could go into executive session for is to hold information strategy and negotiation sessions related to um, collective bargaining to consider the purchase or lease of real property is another one. I mentioned a few minutes ago privacy concerns, and with the personnel exception to open meetings, that would be appropriate, for instance, I guess, if they were discussing disciplining a certain employee. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's that's an instance where that might occur. Now, on the other hand, you might have an individual employee who, who thinks that they're best served by having this out in the public light. And if that's the case, then that person whose race could be impacted can request in writing that the matter um, be discussed at an open meeting. So it's not um, a given that uh, an employment matter must be discussed in private because sometimes the person who's the subject of the discussion doesn't want it to be discussed in private. They right. want it out in the open. Right. The other part of that is flipping back over to the right to know law that we talked about earlier. The right to know law specifically says we get to know the name, title, salary, start and stop time of government employees. And if a government employee has been demoted or discharged, information about that action is available through the right to know law. So you may see an instance where an agency will say, we're going to into an executive session to talk about a personnel matter. And then a citizen or a reporter later files a right to know request, they may get more information out of the right to know request about that personnel decision than they would challenging the Sunshine Act executive session. And by the way, challenging the Sunshine Act executive session is completely lawful. It's actually specifically allowed for by law. Uh -huh. If a person thinks that an executive session um, is being called inappropriately, they should object for the record, identify themselves, and say why. And I'll give you one final example here. Another category of executive session is to consult with an attorney or other professional advisor. And we often hear this going into executive session, attorney client. Yeah. And that's all we hear. Right. Now, if they're going into executive session just to talk about recipes with the solicitor, that's not appropriate, <laughs> and that's a bit flip. But yeah, I understand. Sometimes, 
<laughs> the conversation has gone too far. So best practice is uh, we're going into executive session. We're going to talk about corrections litigation. Uh, we received a letter from, you know, ABC threatening to do X, Y, Z. Right. Then they, then they adjourn. Or we're going into executive session to talk about actual litigation. Maybe we need to talk to our lawyer in executive session. That's fine. Well, let's take let's take our second break. The time goes quickly. When we come back, I, I want to ask you what the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press briefly does, how a individual citizen can raise an objection to what they think is an open meetings or open records law violation, and especially about the uh, event that you have coming up here on March 16th, okay? Yes. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Our guest for a few more minutes is Paula Knudsen-Burke. She is with the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. This upcoming week is Sunshine Week all over the country, and there are events happening in Pennsylvania. And it's not just because we've been so sun-deprived for the winter. This is actually about access to our local and state governments and their records and their meetings. You have an event coming up on Tuesday of this week, as people are listening to this, March 16th. Tell us about uh, the event in the Pittsburgh area, which I believe our friends from the Mon Valley Independent newspaper are participating in, correct? Information about um, our free seminar that's going to be on Tuesday, March 16th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Um, can be found on our website, and we're actually partnering with the Pennsylvania Freedom of Information Coalition on their website as well for you to register for that Zoom um, presentation. We will have one segment about the Right to Know Law, one segment about the Sunshine Act, and one segment about the Freedom of Information Act for federal records. And we're going to have a very uh, fast discussion. There's going to be a lot of interesting um, conversation. And then hopefully folks will walk away with some ideas, food for thought, and some resources about what others in the state are doing to advance the cause of sunshine and transparency. But we have um, reporters, lawyers, um, some citizen activists who will be part of that call. So it's really a great time for us to get together and just kind of talk about uh, why accountability and transparency matters. What, what can local people do? Because there, there are probably, like, as you mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, there are people who move into Pennsylvania, especially journalists, who are shocked sometimes and, and surprised by how many, how difficult it is to get public records in Pennsylvania and how many exceptions that people will cite that have, you have to fight over. If someone's listening to this and they live in whatever local borough, local school district, whatever, local, as you mentioned, sewer and water authorities, if they are public authorities, are subject to the Sunshine Law and the Sunshine Act as well. What can they do? How can they encourage, for instance, I mean, uh, you know, rather than necessarily having to be litigious, how can they encourage their mayor, their township supervisors, their school board members that, hey, you need to be more open, you need to be more transparent? Participating in your local government, whether you are going to meetings, reading the media minutes, attending virtually, um, commenting, maybe running for office, those are all great ways to get up to speed on local government and, and what's happening. And I think the more people participate, um, it's kind of a, a great a great way to show the current local officials that people do care. Sometimes those meetings are, aren't well attended and, and 
uh, it can seem like the community members aren't interested, but maybe it's something like a child care issue or, or working hours prohibit people from going. So even if you can't make it to the meeting, read the minutes of what happened. Or if, if that municipality has the um, meeting available online or by Zoom or YouTube, um, get up to speed that way. And then, of course, the right to know law is a great tool. And, you know, you don't have to read the right to know law um, extensively to find out how it works. And, or you might not even need to file your own right to know law request. The Office of Open Records has a wonderful database of past requests. And on their docket search, users can search by county, by issue. Um, so it's really a great way to kind of, you know, are you interested in, you know, Westmoreland County, for instance. Yeah type in Westmoreland County, see what comes up. It's a great way to see what is out there in the realm of open records. And, and we were talking off the air. Some of these mistakes I often think are just the result of local officials who are, in most cases in Pennsylvania, part-time. They have full-time jobs as something else, and then you know, for an hour or two, a week or a month, they are the mayor of the town or they're the school director or whatever. They may just not know. I, I, I really think it's not being mean or you know, greedy or secretive, they just don't realize that these things, that they're, they're the presumption, Paula, as you mentioned, is that these things are supposed to be open, that many local officials may not realize that. Exactly. And, you know, organizations like the Township um, Supervisors Association, we're drawing up the Pennsylvania uh, Association of Township Supervisors, they have some great trainings that are available on Sunshine Act and, um, uh, you know, new government officials' uh, responsibilities, the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania. So I would say for those folks, definitely they can avail themselves of those training programs to get up to speed on what does it mean to be a public official and to have a responsibility to be transparent with the public. The Office of Open Records usually does a number of trainings each year. This year, some of them have been virtual, but um, providing on the receptor side with people who want the records and then on the official side, um, giving them information about how they can do their jobs more efficiently. So there are resources out there um, for both sides, for requesters and for government officials. And if someone does run into an impasse, uh, as what has apparently happened in McKeesport, and as we're taping this, both sides are still filing their arguments uh, with the county. But if somebody does run into an impasse, who can they reach out to? That Pennsylvania Open Records Office, the ACLU, Neighborhood Legal Services, where can they turn to next? Uh, Unfortunately, I think we don't pay enough attention sometimes to the Sunshine Act and the requirement for open meetings, but it does have criminal penalties. And in fact, in some counties, um, folks have availed themselves of contacting the district attorney's office and lodging a complaint, filing a private criminal complaint. There's been several grand juries in the state that have been impaneled and dealt with Sunshine Act issues. So contacting the district attorney's office is probably fairly far afield, but they are authorized to prosecute Sunshine Act cases. A civil suit, if it's a repeated instance or a particularly egregious instance, would be the most likely remedy, and that's what the ACLU is doing. So the Pennsylvania Freedom of Information Coalition has resources to to steer people in the right direction. But this is an area that's largely kind of citizen-led, activist-led, because there aren't a ton of resources to litigate these kinds of cases. 
for our end of the Reporters Committee, um, we represent journalists in a pro bono fashion. And sometimes journalists, reporters, editors, uh, filmmakers can run into Sunshine Act problems. So we would be a phone call. We have a hotline for reporters across the country um, to call and say, hey, I'm running into a problem. But for for regular citizens, it's, it's not a great situation. And one of the things um, that the Office of Open Records has done, I think, in recognition of that, even though they're not empowered to enforce or prosecute Sunshine Act cases, they've done a lot of educational work on Sunshine Act issues. So the Office of Open Records is a place to go as well, particularly to get some information. You can reach the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press at rcfp.org, and that legal hotline number, if you are a journalist, is right up there in the corner. Uh, if you are interested in the virtual celebration and discussion of transparency in the Keystone State, that's a mouthful, huh? But it's the Sunshine Week. It's March 16th. That's Tuesday at 11 a.m. It is a virtual webinar. It is free and open to the public, as you would expect, and you can get the link to that webinar by going to panewsmedia.org. That's panewsmedia.org and clicking on the link for Sunshine Week. Paula Knutson-Burke has been our guest this morning. She is the Pennsylvania attorney with the Local Legal Initiative for the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. Thank you so much um, for having me on the show, Jason. And thank you all for listening today to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.